Today is Thursday, August 24th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. GOP contenders duke it out on stage in Wisconsin. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe and leave a rating. Share with a friend. You can email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. Joining me to get through the news of the Cray, Trey Gons Phillips. On this Friday, Junior, and this post-debate day campaign season has officially kicked off. Trey, what's up? Can we believe that campaign season is oh, man. among us Who's already? Who's excited for another <laughs> year of this? But yeah. It's funny to hear jokes about Chad GPT, so th- there's at yeah. least that. There were some shots fired last night. It was more policy-focused than just a shouting match. There were moments, but generally speaking did hear a lot of views last night we'll get into some of those here coming up also jennifer aniston had some interesting comments that i think a lot of people will agree with yeah i think her comments are super interesting because even redemption came up which um she's not a believer but it's certainly an important an important concept definitely missing in today's world yeah especially among that crowd that she's finding herself in in a lot of ways in hollywood there so interesting comments we'll get into those Also on the main thing, a Christian man arrested for praying in the UK. This is wild stuff. Billy's got the conversation there on the main thing. But first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. President Biden's failures took center stage last night, even more than former President Trump. The eight candidates jockeyed for position last night in the first GOP presidential debate for the primaries. There was some talk of Trump, but it didn't center on the former president. For his part, Trump appeared on Tucker Carlson's show last night in an effort to counter program. The debate saw some heated moments, but only a few. As Chris Christie and Vivek Ramaswamy got into some testy back and forths, Ramaswamy seemed to be the one that took the most flack as kind of the newcomer on the stage, Mike Pence and Nikki Haley both sparred with Ramaswamy on issues like Ukraine, which was one of the issues that showed some of the stark differences between the candidates, whereas otherwise they tended to generally agree on some of the issues. Ramaswamy at one point sounded almost like he was stumping for Trump, saying Trump was the best president we've had in the 21st century. Governor Ron DeSantis, for his part, sought to set himself apart with some energy and emotion and passion and he tried not to get in the back and forth, but sort of remain above all that. Abortion, the economy, Ukraine, and Trump were most of the focus last night. Transgender issues didn't get as much attention. And the Wagner Group founder and failed coup leader, Yevgeny Prigozhin, was killed in a fiery plane crash yesterday. Many believe Putin was behind that. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at CBN News. Dot com. Trey, it was officially basically the unofficial start of the campaign season last night, as we've been saying, and uh, it was interesting. I think with eight candidates on stage, it made it a little difficult at times. There were there were long portions of the debate where if you didn't see it, by the way, I watched it, so you didn't have to. <laughs> if, you, if you did watch it, God bless you for making it through it, but uh, it was a little difficult all the time with eight candidates because you'd find yourself, oh, wait, yeah, that's right. I forgot they were there um, because somebody would have a long time where they they wouldn't talk. And there were some heated back and forths. I mean, Ramaswamy definitely took some some flack from, in particular, Chris Christie, who you know a lot, a lot of people expected that 
as Chris Christie's sort of been the anti-Trump candidate so far in his campaign. Ramaswamy obviously sounding much more uh, uh, you know, friendly with Trump and, and his presidency and all that. So it, w- it was interesting. And comments on abortion and other stuff definitely raised some eyebrows as well. Yeah, it's interesting to see Ramaswamy in that position because he is very eloquent. Obviously, he's a younger guy. He's in the millennial generation, uh, but he did kind of seem to serve as the Trump stand-in during the debate, uh, even though he's obviously introducing himself as the, for the first time as kind of a national figure. Uh, I, I do think even with his eloquence and his, his ability to kind of navigate some of these issues, his age is going to come up. He's very young. He's in his 30s. Uh, and then also the fact that he's Hindu, uh, I think, will 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 be interesting as the campaign progresses because you think you you think eventually that's going to come up and he's going to have to address that. And I don't know the percentage of Republicans or even Americans more broadly who would be comfortable with uh, with that. Yeah, indeed. And you know, as you know, we're obviously looking at the Christian perspective on a lot of this. And what's yeah. interesting is Ramaswamy is getting a lot of attention. He's a very good speaker. And so that is part of it. He's he's really, really skilled at communicating and does a very good job at that. I mean, he sounded a little scripted at times at the beginning last night, especially. It sounded a little inauthentic. He, he used a Barack Obama line to, to kick things off. But what's interesting to me is he talks about his faith. He doesn't mention specifically what he is, but he, he talks about his faith and that we need to return to faith. Well, he's a Hindu. And... Hindus are a far cry from Christianity, which is still, despite any numbers that showed declines, is still the overwhelming majority in this country. And so Hinduism is something that has people haven't had to deal with someone that they're going to follow that also are a Hindu. It's that's a that's a pretty big leap, given what Hindus believe. Yeah, I think that would be I definitely think that would be a difficult pill uh, to swallow for most Americans, because as you said, w- at least m- the majority identify as nominally Christian. Um, so I think just the idea of having somebody who's of a different religion is something that's difficult to, to, to imagine in the White House. But you also mentioned abortion coming up, which I think that's fascinating to see how all of these Republican candidates navigated that, obviously, in the post-Roe decision era now that that issue of abortion has been handed back to the states okay now everybody's wondering if a republican is elected in 2024 what are they going to do what are they going to push for uh when it comes to abortion because they now have the the freedom or the legal ability to start pushing for a national ban but of course that's not necessarily popular so but it's a moral issue right so if it's if it's immoral to commit abortion, uh, then it should be immoral to commit abortion in all 50 states, right? So, uh, but then the polling comes in there because most well, Americans don't want a national yeah. ban. Well, uh, so yeah, no, you're, you're right, and and you could almost feel that on stage that as they were talking about these these people that have been saying they're pro life the whole time, only a couple of them really stood firm on it. I think Pence was one who did that, and. You know, Nikki Haley's answers in particular drew some some it sounded almost like pro-choice at some point, saying that we shouldn't be demonizing these this issue. And this is where you need a leader on this issue to st- to to sort of lead the charge. 
on how we talk about this. How do you change culture? Because honestly, that's the only way you ever get politicians to change on things. If you want to get all these different laws in place, you have to change the hearts and minds of people first. And how do you do that? Well, you have to articulate the wrong of this issue. You can't just say ban it, ban it, ban it because, oh, you know, this group doesn't like abortion, so we're just going to say ban it. You have to articulate why, and you have to convince people. You have to make the case as to why we need this stuff, and I don't hear a lot of people doing that. I hear them just saying the thing they think people want to hear on this issue, and it's not going to move the needle until someone does take the reins and actually convince people. That That's, to me, the approach you need to take is say, okay, it's not just, oh, these people don't want it, and so here's what we're going to do. No, you have to make the case. We're in the litigation phase here. You have to actually bring an argument, give a thesis and support it and defend it and get people to go along with you. Yeah, well, I think the reality is is that it's um, it's a complex issue. I obviously let me back up and say it's it's not a complex issue and that it's a simple black and white. Like what's what's right and what's wrong. Obviously, taking the life of an unborn child is wrong, uh, but it's become such a fundamental, unfortunately, a fundamental part of American and Western culture. It's become something that we've accepted for so long. You do have to make that reasoned argument because I think it's just become part of the fabric of our society, unfortunately. Uh, So you have to undo some of that wrong thinking that people have had for so many years because they've been, we've been brainwashed, right? into believing that it's a legitimate option, not all of us, but, but many of us have been brainwashed into believing that abortion is an acceptable thing if it's done super early in an, in a pregnancy or, or as long as it's not late term, uh, then it's okay. You have to make the actual argument, certainly as believers we know this, but a lot of the country, even a lot of believers disagree on this, unfortunately, uh, is what is abortion and abortion is taking a life, whether it is in the first week of pregnancy or if it's in the last week of pregnancy. Uh, so, yeah, I think we have to make that argument and you have to win over Uh, win over Americans who are uncertain or or just don't know the facts, uh, which is crazy to think. But I think there are people who don't know the facts right now because they listen to a media that continues to lie to them about this issue. Agreed. And 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 I also, they are listening to Republicans on this issue. And if the Republicans sort of try to tiptoe around this thing, it's also not going to feel serious. It's also not going to rise to the level of what it actually is, in my opinion. That's just kind of how I think the approach should be. But it'll be interesting to watch, nonetheless, how these candidates navigate it. And from the first step we saw last night, I I have to say it was kind of discouraging, but we'll see if somebody somebody kind of rises to the challenge here and and takes a lead on that. But we're going to move on here to the focus story now. Jennifer Aniston had some eye-opening comments on cancel culture. What did she say? Yeah, so Jennifer Aniston, obviously, she became a household name in the 90s when she was the the star of Friends. She just did an interview with the Wall Street Journal magazine uh, where she said she's, quote, so over cancel culture. Uh, And then she said, I probably just got canceled by saying that. (laughs) Uh, She said, I just don't understand what it means. Is there no redemption? I don't know. I don't put everybody in the Harvey Weinstein basket. And obviously, Harvey Weinstein is the disgraced former film producer who's now serving a 39-year prison sentence after the rape and sexual assault allegations that came up against him 
Uh, and Aniston spoke about her past interactions with him. Uh, she said she's aware of of the issues that that people had raised about him, and she was never comfortable being around him. So she would always try to to have somebody with her whenever she was interacting with him. But her larger point was, not everybody rises to that level. We don't need to demonize everybody who says something mean or everybody who does something that they shouldn't have done because not everybody is somebody who rises to the the, the level of, of committing some sort of illegal you know crime yeah uh, so you know we we need to be more nuanced which i think is such a such a lost art in in our world is like if we decide as a society we don't like you uh, then we we write you off completely as a human being. You have no value and no worth, and you're not even worth considering, which I think is the point that she was making, is there are some people whose crimes and actions rise to that level uh, where they need to face a, a, a cultural, you know, there needs to be a cultural shift. Yeah. But then a lot of people who, why do we not have any grace for? Why do we not have any sort of, we don't give any sort of levity to and say, okay, look, you made a mistake. What you did was wrong, but you seem to have have reconciled with that. Uh, and and we should be willing to give people a second chance. That's something that's missing from our society. Anderson was saying. Yeah, it is, and she and of course she didn't connect it to Christianity, but as Christians, that's what we've been saying. Yeah, and that is the one thing the the Christian component that not no other religion has the aspect of forgiveness of of a of of a god who loves us and forgives us and then us as his followers then impart that to other people and provide that same forgiveness to others it is a, it is a radical way to look at things compared to a culture that believes in getting their own vengeance and an eye for an eye and all that we're radically different on that and that is exactly what's missing in culture today there is a my way or the highway with with no grace with no forgiveness or understanding of others despite all this talk of diversity and such so but it's interesting coming from from someone as popular as jennifer aniston um, especially when she knows she's stepping into kind of hot water here and she's one of these a-listers in hollywood who you know has nothing to gain everything to lose from trying to get into an issue like this is is it something she's spoken out on before or is this kind of the first time yeah you you're definitely right that this is kind of a, a tricky subject for her to navigate, particularly as as a female. She's at the top of her game. Obviously, she's been famous since the 90s. She just released a second. She's done two move, murder mystery movies for Netflix. The second one just recently came out. So she's super popular. Uh, and to be a woman in Hollywood, you're kind of expected to to toe the line on all of these, on all of these kind of woke slash cultural issues. But yeah, even this spring, uh, she kind of went after Americans for being so hypersensitive about everything. Uh, she said in an interview that there's a quote, whole generation of people talking about Gen Z who are now going back to episodes of friends and they find them offensive <laughs> uh, for various number, you know, various reasons. And she's saying we 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 have to look at what one we have to look at things within the proper context, and two the fact that there's no willingness just to lighten up and say look that was kind of inappropriate, but jokes are inappropriate. Right. Uh, you know, you say things that's like uh, it 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 pushes the boundary a little bit, uh, but that's okay is is what she was saying. She said comedy has evolved, movies have evolved. Now it's a little tricky because you have to be very careful, which makes it really hard for comedians mm -hmm. because the beauty of comedy is that we make fun of ourselves, we make fun of life, 
Everybody needs funny, she added. We can't take ourselves too seriously, especially in the United States yeah. where everyone is far too divided. Yeah, and and look, if and it's not even just for comedians, it's for us as if we're self-censoring every single thing we say and we're trained to be on the alert for a, yeah. being offended. If we're just always like, oh, that's offensive to me. Wait a minute, I'm supposed to be mad. I'm supposed to be upset. No, you know what? You can live if you hear something you don't, even if you don't like it. But we're being trained right now to have these radar sensors up to hear anything that might offend us. And then we have to get mad and you've been wronged. And now I'm in in this, you know, oppressed class. Now, that that is a terrible way to live. And I think that's what she's tapping into. And I think she's absolutely right. Well, and I think that's that's the beauty of the First Amendment, right? There are some things that rise to the occasion of being over the top, too far, and offensive. And the beauty is we can speak out against it. We can yeah. respond. We can fire back with a retort, and we can have a debate and have a discussion about these things. Because there are, particularly as Christians, we've become very hyper-aware of the attacks on our faith because they've become so commonplace, unfortunately. And there are instances when it does cross the line, when it is too far, when you're not just being funny or you're not just uh, trying to lightly jab at somebody, but you're saying something that's sacrilegious or legitimately offensive. And, and you should have the right to do that just as much as I have the right to respond to you and tell you why and explain to you why. You shouldn't say something like that. That's the beauty of this country. And I think that's something that we're putting in jeopardy with with this cancel culture that we have now, because uh, it's it's I want you to have free speech as long as I like the speech, yeah. which that's not free speech no, at all. Not free speech at all. Good for Jennifer Aniston for calling it out. And we need more of them to do just that. Thanks for bringing that one. Trey, really appreciate it. All right, we're going to move to the main thing now. And a UK man criminally charged after praying outside an abortion clinic. He's speaking out about his case, sharing the details of what unfolded. It's the unbelievable details, really. It's it's hard to fathom this is happening even in the UK. And he talked to our own Billy Hallowell. This is Adam Smith Connor. He was outside the clinic last November for just two or three minutes before community police officers approached him and started asking questions. Their conversation is today's main thing. Adam, last November, you were in front of an abortion clinic and you were silently praying when you were approached by police officers. Can you take us through what happened? Yeah, I I arrived and uh, I was there for barely a f two or three minutes. And there were these community police support officers. So not actually police officers, but um, officers employed by the council to manage um uh, antisocial behavior in and around Bournemouth and they approached me after I was there for barely minutes and asked me uh, what I was doing and I said I was praying for my uh, deceased son Jacob um, in fact no let me correct that first of all they asked me what I was doing and I said I was praying uh, then the female officer asked me what is the nature of your prayer I was a bit taken back by that, and I said uh, I was praying for my deceased son, uh, at which point they informed me I was breaching the PSPO order and uh, instructed me to, to leave uh, the area. So in that moment, during that interaction, did they fine you? Was there a penalty for it You know, when they were asking you to leave? So they informed me that... Um, they considered that my praying for my deceased son 
was a breach of the PSPO, that it was an act of disapproval of, of abortion, although I wasn't well, manifesting think... that prayer in any way. And if, if I hadn't told them, they would have had no way of knowing what I was what? praying about. Because it was um, silent. This was a silent prayer in your in your in your it, mind, right? You were praying. It, yeah, it was a, si a silent prayer in in my mind. Um, I should say we I I've been praying outside of abortion clinics since 2019 as part of 40 Days for Life. Uh, we do keep the authorities informed about our activities, um, and because there was a buffer zone there, I I I had said that you know I, I will be praying, but I will not manifest my prayer in any way. I will not interfere with anyone in any way. I have no signs. I will not. I will respect people's um, privacy. I had my back to the clinic. There was a treat between me and me and the clinic, and. Um, they came, as I've just described, they came said my mere presence there was breaching the PSPO. And uh, once they declared that I was breaching it with no evidence, they had nothing to say that I, was, I wasn't I was doing anything to upset anyone. I hadn't been there for barely two minutes when they came up to me. Uh, they just declared that I was breaching it. And that if I failed to to move on their instruction, that therefore I would be uh, liable to a fine. What was going through your heart and your mind after you left that situation? You know, as you were walking away, as you were leaving after that interaction. I can't quite believe that our country is plunged to such yeah. depths that we now have thought crime in in this nation. Uh, I'm an ex-serviceman. You know, I love my country. I served the country for twenty years. I'm an Afghanistan veteran. And I, I was prepared to put my life, my life on the line for this nation because I believe in our values. I believe in the value of freedom of religion, freedom of expression, freedom to gather. These are a really precious freedom that uh, many nations simply do not have those freedoms. And we need to be a beacon of freedom at the top of the hill because without the West, without the USA and, and, and Britain and our, our Christian values, uh, freedom will be crushed. And to say that somebody simply thinking the wrong thing in the wrong place at the wrong time is a criminal offense is frankly, an, it's an offense against our nation. It's offense against a thousand years of history. Now we're a nation under God uh, we recently uh, crowned the king, King Charles. Uh, he gave pledges to uphold God's law, and yet Bournemouth Council think that they have the right to trample all over that law. They think they have the right to trample well, over the memory well, of friends uh, of mine now uh, who passed away defending this nation's freedoms. It, it, it's an insult, frankly, to our nation. And for, for that reason, I refused to pay the fine, and I now find myself being prosecuted. Well, let's talk about that part, because, so obviously you get the fine over this. It, as far as I understand from what I've read and seen in this case, and you correct me if I'm wrong, it should have sort of ended there. Why did they decide, you know, everyone was sort of shocked that you ended up in court 
uh, recently and that you were charged over this. Talk a little bit about that. How did that come about? And Lois, feel free to jump in as well, you know, as as he's talking about this, because that was the part of the story that I think took people back a little bit. Yeah, it, it very much took us by surprise. Sure. So I didn't hear anything from the council. I, I was uh, on the day the officers said to me, you might, you might receive a fine mm-hmm. for this. And sure enough, um, I did receive a fine back in December. They reissued the fine because of some clerical issue in January, and then I heard nothing. And then in uh, July, I think it was, ADF said, well, the the time has lapsed now. They can't prosecute me now because they have to do it within six months of the offence. And ADF announced that um, Bournemouth Council had dropped the case, that that there was no, no case to answer. And as soon as ADF said that, literally the day that they said that, Bournemouth Council posted out a court summons. And uh, it, that seemed to trigger within the council the court summons. And when and it turns out the court summons had actually been issued back in May, two months earlier, and they hadn't sent it out. So it's a very bizarre situation, frankly, that, that's un- unfolding. Um, we've no idea why they sat on it for two months, um, and they and and they sent it out. And, and last week it was uh, I had to go to court and and plead not guilty. And somebody's worked out that it's about twenty six kilometres squared of British land where you could be prosecuted for a thought crime. It's just outrageous. It is un-British, frankly, um, and yeah, it's just wrong. All right, Billy, thanks for that conversation there. I mean, it's just crazy to watch these videos. We saw the woman who was arrested for a similar thing, the officer saying, we're, what were you doing? I was thinking it in my head. And, and then, well, I'm sorry, we're going to have to arrest you. I mean, it's just mind-blowing the levels of insanity we're reaching. And you, know, you can't think, oh, it's the UK, because we're seeing those sorts of arrests start to happen over here. So one leads to another. So we have to keep it on our radar. So appreciate Billy for bringing that one. But That's going to leave us time for one last thing on the podcast today. So we're going to look at Proverbs 11, 28. It says, whoever trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. Always wisdom from Proverbs, and it's a constant theme in Scripture. You have to turn your attention to God, your trust in God, follow God, and that is where you're going to find the blessings. Outside of that, it's just, it's always going to fall short. So appreciate you joining us today for the podcast on this Friday Junior. We're one step closer to the weekend, everybody. Almost there. Hang in. Have a great rest of your Thursday. As always, get yourself over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Lord willing, and that creek don't rise, we shall see you back here tomorrow. God bless you.